it's it's one thing to translate prose mm -hmm. because you know the there is a cat yeah that's not difficult like there's no interpretation there that is a cat um you can translate that it's pretty straightforward mm -hmm. but when you start getting into metaphors mm -hmm. and idioms and mm -hmm. poetic language and rhyme and meter and everything and you're trying to keep the integrity of the original but still translate it there's just like how do you even do that and the the added comp uh, complication for translated hymns is theology Hello and welcome back to another episode of Hymn Partial, the podcast where we talk all things church music. I'm Monet Funka. And I'm Cara Devereaux. And today we are wrapping up our series on the hope of glory with a beautiful but obscure hymn, The King Shall Come When Morning Dawns. Mm. We'll be talking about the value of translators, yeah. how the idea of light overcoming darkness resonates deep in our souls, and we'll be looking forward to that certain hope of glory. Glory! That's right. But first, we just want to say we know we've experienced a lot of new listeners over the past few months. So welcome. But also, don't forget to like and share this episode to continue getting the word out. Also, if you're listening to us for the very first time, or if for some odd reason you have yet to join the Him Partial family, head over to himpartial.com. There you can sign up for our free weekly newsletter. You can become a Kofi member and support us financially if you're so inclined. Newsletter subscribers get first dibs on our bonus content, so you don't want to miss out. Head over to himpartial.com and sign up today. Yep. So this is the end of our Hope of Glory series. Mm -hmm. At the end of last year, we were talking about what we were going to do in the new year. Mm -hmm. Had to do a lot of planning because there's a lot of things going on <laughs> behind the scenes. Yes. Um, which are not necessarily impartial related, but are very <laughs> exciting for me at least. Um, so because of that, we were just talking through and we thought, let's do a series where mm -hmm. we do some hymns that are on a related subject. Mm -hmm. And we thought the hope of glory, that would be a lovely thing to do mm -hmm. for the start of the year. Um, and I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. It's been a good series. Mix of old and new. We've had to do some replays because mm -hmm. we've been busy, but... Um, but they were planned replays. Yes, we did put a lot of thought into yeah, it so that it would fit for, in. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we had, we started the series with... Uh, oh, I know this one because it's my episode. All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name. All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name. Then we had um, a replay, Holy, Holy, Holy. Mm -hmm. um, then we had All People That on Earth Do Dwell. And then another good replay on Lo, He Comes With Clouds Ascending, almost like the most glorious, but maybe I'm bi biased. Well, I'm just we kidding. haven't finished we this haven't week's finished. episode yet. So. And then we're finishing mm. it out this week. Yeah, so it's been a really, really good series for mm -hmm. us. It's been very encouraging to us. I think one of the most fantastic things about being a Christian is what it's we get to look hope. forward to. And yeah. so um, it's... Yeah, and it's just such a great start to the year. Last mm -hmm. year was a very mixed year. It was very mm -hmm. hard for a lot of us. I know a lot of our listeners out there because mm -hmm. we do talk to you guys. Yes, we don't bite. Please feel free to like get in touch <laughs> with us, um, and all those things. But I know that some of you guys have had a really rough time, and maybe you're still having quite a rough time. Mm -hmm. And so we thought, rather than continuing with lament and <laughs> misery, and I mean, it's great that the word encourages us through hardship. Yes, and recognizes the reality hardship but mm -hmm. it's so nice to start the year with just remembering the triumph and victory of the christian faith mm -hmm. and the glory that's coming yes um 
So that's where this idea come from. If there are any topics, if you want us to do like another series and there's a topic that you're particularly interested in, that's not too niche, but you know, if you're like, oh, I don't hear many hymns on the Holy Spirit because mm. we were talking about that the other day, mm-hmm. or I'd love to hear some hymns on something else I don't know with <laughs> gardening themes or hymns with birds in them or I don't know whatever yeah. uh, let us know because we're open to doing more of these like mini series as well hymns that are better read than sung ooh mm. controversy maybe that's a good thing hymns that sound really pretty but are fluff when you look closer <laughs> <laughs> that are pure garbage no just kidding um yeah so let us know hymns that are better with new choruses ooh mm. Anyway, yeah, if there are series that you're like, oh, I'd be really interested in this, like yeah. Hymns of Motherhood or something mm-hmm, like that, mm-hmm. let us know. We'll look into it. We do listen to you guys. Um, and we're here to help you think these things through and mm-hmm. to encourage you and to bring new hymns to you that you may not know already. So, Like today's hymn. Yeah, like today's hymn. Excellent segue. So <laughs> I had never heard of this hymn. I have never sung it in church. Mm. Do you know it? Nope. Nope. So we're coming <laughs> to this fresh. I've really enjoyed uh studying it though it's Mm -hmm. just so beautiful it's a strange one right off the bat um it's generally believed to be an ancient greek hymn and is widely sung by orthodox traditions and by the roman catholics during advent okay it's seen as an advent hymn okay for reasons that will become clear Mm -hmm. but it might not actually be greek and I would like to argue that it's also not for Advent. <laughs> <laughs> so that puts us off to a great start. Yay. I'm not a Greek scholar and I'm not a history buff. So I don't know what's going on <laughs> with this hymn, but I will share what limited information I have. <laughs> um, it was either written or translated by a fella called John Brownlee. Mm-hmm. He was born in Glasgow in August 1857, educated in the Free Church College here in Glasgow In 1884, he became the assistant to the main pastor of Trinity Free Church in Port Patrick in Wigtonshire, which is Dumfries and Galloway borders area, Mm -hmm. borders of Scotland and England, Mm -hmm. Um, quite a rural area. He succeeded the pastor in 1890 and he just continued in that role for 40 years. He's one of those guys that just steadfastly did his thing, Mm -hmm. got on with the work. Mm He did become involved in education. He was the governor of, he became a governor of Stranraer High School in 1897. That's I'm a, so glad you have to say these names and not me. It looks like Stranraer, R-A-E-R. You know, we almost moved there when I was younger. Hmm. I'm glad we didn't. It's the back of beyond. Um, but he was governor of a school there mm-hmm. in 1897. And he became chairman of the governors in 1901. Mm-hmm. Uh, Glasgow University did award him an honorary doctorate of divinity degree in 1908 for his work in hymnology. Okay. And he died in Creef in Perthshire in 1925 and was buried back in Port Patrick. I feel like this has been like the the one time that you've mentioned a bunch of random places in the UK See, and I actually knew where, knew they where they most are. of them are. Yeah, I yeah. was like, oh, Port Patrick, Creef, <laughs> Wigton, I know these places. But for a lot of you, you'll probably just be like, I could Whatever. throw a dart at Scotland and it could be wherever it lands. <laughs> these are a lot of rural rural places, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, nice for holidays, not great for living there. Uh, I love holidaying in Dumfries. 
It's great. There's it's just nobody for miles. Just cows <laughs> and open fields. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, I digress. Yeah, we should do an OTR on holiday places in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Brownlee's work in hymnody largely consisted actually of just finding and translating old hymns, specifically those in Greek. Greek seems to have been his speciality. Now, he was known as someone who valued translating these ancient hymns in a language and form that was relevant and helpful to his own generation. Mm. A hymn writer and contemporary of his described his work as having a spirit that was, quote, deeply sympathetic with the Oriental point of view and fully appreciative of the Greek attainment in spiritual beauty. And the method of interpretation was that of transfusing the Greek originals into the manner and form of English congregational hymns. That sounds more confusing than out loud than it was when I read it in my head. (laughs) (laughs) I just realized that basically he understood the Greek kind of culture and thought and was able to translate that and interpret it in a way that worked. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. I was like, I could open this quietly. Go ahead. (laughs) Basically, he was able to understand the Greek point of view and their kind of philosophy and their way of thinking and to translate their works in a way where he kind of maintained that and kept the integrity of it Mm -hmm. but it made sense to an English context Mm -hmm. and worked for an English congregation to sing. Mm -hmm. So in Brownlee's eyes translating old hymns was kind of like holding old treasure So for him, he was kind of like, it's a way to cope with how fast life moves on and how so often in the rush, we can lose important things that really we should be carrying with us and not leaving behind. Mm -hmm. That was his philosophy. And it's a shame he's dead because I think he would have made a really great guest (laughs) on our show to talk about translation. Yes. So what makes this all confusing in relation to the hymn is that Brownlee did actually write the occasional hymn himself out of a list of 324 under his name on Hymnology Archive. 11 or 12 of those were actually authored by him and Mm. the rest are marked as translated. Okay, wow. So that's confusing for reasons I'll explain in a minute. But I do think it's important to recognise that people like this who maybe don't write so much themselves but still have an incredible gift for finding these hymns in other languages and then bringing them into our own in a way that we can understand and share Mm -hmm. is extremely valuable to the church. Mm -hmm. Uh, They aren't creating anything new per se, which is something that we maybe value a little bit too highly today, Mm -hmm. but they are making a whole lot of good and edifying things accessible to us, Mm -hmm. which wouldn't have been otherwise accessible. Yeah. So... That's just my thoughts on... I think that's great. There's actually at least two guests that were recommended to us by mm-hmm. um, by one of the folks we had reached out to that have to do with translating Yeah. Um, in a Dutch context. Yes. So they are someone we do, we do plan to reach out to them for this year to talk about these things. Because we've been threatening it for ages. We've been, we've been threatening <laughs> it. It's just something when you... You know when you don't understand something and you just... You tr- you want someone to help you wrap your head around it. I think translating mm-hmm. um, hymns is just one of those things where we have so many questions and we kind of just want to like 
hammer them at somebody who has all the answers mm-hmm. to help us form like greater opinions about it because you know is it its own thing is it a you know like it's it's one thing to translate prose mm-hmm. because you know the there is a cat yeah that's not difficult like there's no interpretation there that is a cat um you can translate that it's pretty straightforward mm-hmm. but when you start getting into metaphors mm-hmm. and idioms and mm-hmm. poetic language and rhyme and meter and everything and you're trying to keep the integrity of the original but still translate it there's just like how do you even do that and the the added comp uh, complication for translated hymns is theology mm. because you're not just trying to capture the essence of that metaphor or that idiom or whatever, but you're also trying to keep the integrity of scripture, the yes. truth of God's word and in it all. what the author of the original thing was trying to get across. Yes. And so you've got this incredible, you're trying to hold so many things and pull it together and make it work. Mm-hmm. And guys like Brownlee should have plaques on a wall somewhere saying, mm-hmm. well done, you did a great job because <laughs> it, it's, it's a huge thing. Yeah. Um, it's, it's one we should appreciate more. Uh, he didn't write much, but what he did write was not too shabby. Mm-hmm. And I pulled a few verses from some random hymns that he did because <laughs> I thought they were really good, just to share with you as examples. Yeah. So here's one. God be praised who crowns the victor. Christ be praised who saves from sin. Equal praise to God the Spirit by whose aid we fight and win. Nice and Trinitarian. Mm-hmm. Or, um, now in its wonder would my soul arise, shorn of all pride, but precious in thine eyes, who for its life thy glory laid aside and wore its shame and for its purchase died. Hmm. He's just good. One last one, promised last one. (laughs) Uh, Rest in the Lord, none can his honour claim. They honour have who honour most his name. Thine this reward who counted gain but loss, nor felt it shame to glory in the cross. Yeah. I like him, guys. Really beautiful. um, Like, this is going to sound so silly. I really like the rhymes. (laughs) Yes, yes. But they're really clever. And they're not necessarily like, they're not simple, but they're not like overly complicated either. Yeah. 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 They're just, it just sounds really rich. And the theology's good. Yeah. I like him. Yeah, he's a good writer on top of being a good translator, which is partly what makes the origin of this hymn confusing. If he'd been a good translator and a rubbish writer, it would have been pretty clear that it was translated, but it's um, it's just confusing. So this hymn originally appeared in a book called Hymns of the Russian Church. I know, it's Greek. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the Russian church... This is a whole history thing. There was a divide between the Eastern and the Western church and the Western church ended up functioning largely in Latin and the Eastern church ended up functioning largely in Greek. This was way back when. You can look it all up. I'm not going to explain it because I don't know the details. Mm -hmm. But the Russian church, the Orthodox church, would have been largely Greek. Mm -hmm. Hence hymns of the Russian church, but not in Russian. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So he translated them in 1907 But no one has been able to find a Greek text even vaguely similar to this hymn anywhere. Hmm. Which is the weird thing, because the other hymns, you can find them. So it's not clear whether it might have been one of his that just got put in there. Mm. Or whether it 
was Greek. But if it was Greek, where did he get it from? Mm -hmm. So. Interesting. I don't know. Mm. You can, if you know something that we don't know, please do (laughs) comment because I'm curious. But in a sense, it doesn't matter because it's a really good song. So let's take a look at it. I've never heard of this before. Never heard it sung in church. So for all our sakes, Monet, would you Mm -hmm. mind reading us the lyrics? Yes. Yes. I think we're all like waiting, like desperately waiting to get the lyrics. (laughs) What is this? All right. So here we go. The king shall come when morning dawns and light triumphant breaks. When beauty gilds the eastern hills and life to joy awakes. Not as of old a little child to bear and fight and die, but crowned with glory like the sun that lights the morning sky. O brighter than the rising morn when he victorious rose and left the lonesome place of death despite the rage of foes. O brighter than the glorious morn shall this fair morning be when Christ our King in beauty comes and we his face shall see. The king shall come when morning dawns and earth's dark night is past. Oh, haste the rising of that morn, the day that I shall last. And let the endless bliss begin by weary saints foretold, when right shall triumph over wrong and truth shall be extolled. The king shall come when morning dawns and light and beauty brings. Hail Christ the Lord, thy people pray. Come quickly, King of Kings. Isn't it good? It is. I really like it. I already see some of the arguments about this not being a Christmas song. Right. Yeah, it feels clear. It's uh, it's like a bait and switch, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Our, our series on the Hope of Glory has been really fun. And uh, I think this was actually, although it's obscure, it's a really good hymn to end on because mm-hmm. it's just full of that. Mm-hmm. So full of it. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, if you look at verse one, you could be forgiven for assuming that it is about Christmas. You mm-hmm. know, the whole, oh, the morning breaks and mm-hmm. Jesus is here. And you think, ah, oh, Christmas morning. Um, and then verse two is kind of like, ha, I got you. Um, I was thinking about this and I kind of like that. Because so often when we talk about Christ coming, I don't know about you, but my mind immediately goes backwards to Christmas. Mm. When at least half the time, maybe it should be going forwards to his return. And I really like the back and forth of this hymn. Mm -hmm. I like the looking back to Christ's first coming and Mm -hmm. then forward to his return. Mm -hmm. Looking back at the glory of the resurrection and forwards to the greater glory of his kingdom coming Mm -hmm. in all its fullness. Mm -hmm. And it sort of has this undertone in it of if you think the first time was incredible, (laughs) just you wait till he comes back. Like you've got no idea. Yeah, and the idea of the dawn and the sheer glory, it just reminds me of Matthew 24, 27. Monet, would you mind reading that for us? Yes. For as the lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Mm. So, it's a good verse, that one, actually. But yeah, you have this light just coming and filling the world and... Christ has come again. Hmm. But yeah, this song is just, it's so full of the glory of Christ. And at the end of verse three, where it talks about Christ rising, you have this line, despite the rage of foes. Mm-hmm. And he's basically saying that Christ can and will do as he pleases. And, uh, you know, it's profoundly encouraging to us as believers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No matter how the foe rages, like 
Christ is doing his thing. You can't stop him. Yeah. All you can do is be mad or, or not. Um, you also have the repetition of Christ specifically as king and that mm. title of king in verses four and five as well, which kind of puts emphasis on the fact that he's not coming as a child this time. Mm-hmm. He's coming to reign and there's going to be no mistaking it. Mm. And that puts me in mind of Hebrews nine twenty eight. Yes. So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear, appear a second time not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... It's a, I mean, I'm just, I'm looking through, you have to forgive me, cause, because I've not heard this song before. I know you haven't either, or read it. Well, I've read um, it a few times yes. now, so I'm a bit more familiar with it. Yeah, I'm just looking through, and... Yeah, that the the line eagerly waiting for him mm-hmm. it obviously comes out throughout this hymn, um, and I think definitely emphasizes that theme of this series, that hope of glory, that we are like there's there's an there's a event that we're looking towards. Yep, it's it's when he comes back, and we're gonna be like, yes, finally, woohoo, you know, um, and that's I mean. Bible tells us over and over and over, like, be ready, like, you know, and be praying for him to come back. And so I, I do like the emphasis of that Hebrews verse that we just read. Obviously, it's there in Hebrews. Um, that that event is is on the horizon, and it is specifically about our the sin exchange that we mm-hmm. that we've that we've made um, through Christ. So. Made yep. through Christ is not what I'm trying to say, but you know what I'm yeah, trying to say. Yeah, I know what you're trying to say. Clean it up. <laughs> yeah, he came the first time to deal with us. The second yeah. time he's coming back and that's the end of it. Yeah, it's um, going to be great. Yeah. So also the repeated theme of the dawning light. Mm-hmm. I just think it's so beautiful. Uh, I was reflecting on this over Christmas this year, actually, because I love Christmas lights. <laughs> I really do. I love like fairy lights and everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they're just so beautiful and they make me so happy. Mm-hmm. And... um I was thinking about this and I was thinking, I don't know, maybe that comes across or could be perceived as kind of shallow because like, ah, they're pretty and twinkly. (laughs) Um, But I think there's something more and something deeper to it because I was thinking about this and I was like, no, I don't think it's just like magpie syndrome where I'm looking at it and going, oh, it's shiny. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's something very human about the fascination and the captivation with lights specifically like lights in dark places mm-hmm. which is very common with christmas lights mm-hmm. um yeah i think there's something uh, yeah you're just about to get stoner thoughts so just yeah. <laughs> ride this out with me okay i honestly wonder if there's like something deep inside of us some part of maybe the image of god in us that sees lights in the dark and then it kind of, it resonates somewhere deep inside. And we mm. long for that in more than just a physical sense. Mm. As if seeing it physically just reminds us, like there's an inherent part of us that recognizes the darkness of the world and yearns for it to be broken and dispelled. Mm. Yeah, you know, that that is, I'm sure there's some truth to that. I mean, there's a reason why uh, light in various forms is so religiously tied you know, you think about how in certain 
traditions, they have like this kind of like offering and it'll be like a candlelight mm-hmm. and, you know, around Christmas time, usually mm-hmm. there's quite a lot of like candlelight services. And I think it's supposed to bring like a, like a somberness to the worship to say I like, like, it's also like emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's just because I'm a woman, but it's, it does stir some sort of emotion in you. Like yeah. if you walk into a room and it's just lit with candlelight mm-hmm. or or sort of like you walk in and it's dark and you've got mm-hmm. the kind of gentle glow of the Christmas tree mm-hmm. or something like that. And you just go, oh, yeah, yeah. It, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I, I have to believe there's some truth to that. We probably can't break it down theologically, but I think we can say experientially that there's some truth to that and it we don't have to like over spiritualize it just to say like that's just the truth like there is something powerful about light coming into darkness and especially kind of like in a very dark place mm-hmm. you know to see like the twinkling of fairy lights or candle lights or you know it it, it kind of brings some sort of like seriousness to yeah it to just, the scene i feel like it touches something deep inside mm-hmm. of you mm-hmm. that just knows and wants light, mm-hmm. I think. Anyway, that's my... Um... I approve. Yeah, okay, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever wonder what's going on inside my brain. <laughs> um, anyway, after all of this, uh, the writer turns to glory in verse 6 with the line, let the endless bliss begin. <laughs> mm. Amen. Let He's it like, let's please. party, boys. Let's please. <laughs> yes. So we're called to look towards the coming of the king because he brings with him light and truth and beauty and glory and we'll join him and it is all going to be wonderful Mm -hmm. it is a happily ever after Mm -hmm. and if you're a believer then you get the happily ever after and that's just a great thing Mm. and uh yeah the reference to the weary saints is is quite a lovely one because it's another one where we're looking backwards and forwards Mm -hmm. so you're looking back at what the saints have said before and you're looking at their faith and then we're looking forward to see it arrive in all its glorious fullness Mm -hmm. yes so basically the hymn writer is saying look see god fulfill his promises Mm -hmm. and see your faith realized and see your hope fulfilled when he comes again Mm -hmm. and so we get to verse seven the final verse which returns us to the present we're here and christ isn't yet but he is coming And we look forward to that day and we will finish out with a couple of verses. Um, Titus 2.13 in particular, because scripture says it better even than this lovely hymn can. (laughs) Waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And um, also a good reminder from 1 Peter 1.13. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded... Set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Hmm. That it, those are some sweet promises and some sweet truths about our Lord. And I really do hope that this series has kind of like brought that to the forefront. Mm-hmm. Um, that this God who we worship in all seasons is so good and he's so faithful and we have this great hope of glory yeah. um, that that we cling to sometimes desperately, um, and it's true. 
Yeah. It's very, very true. King's coming. Morning's coming. I want to know, have you heard of this hymn? We might just be the only ignorant people in the world and you sing this hymn every Sunday. Um, if you do, tell us to what tune. Maybe give us some good links to your mm-hmm. favorite versions. Pressure the Gettys into bringing this one back. Yes. Because if they can do it, everyone will be singing it. We think we should. Or maybe Indelible Grace, if you're watching mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Twit. Go ahead and make it happen. Um, and yeah, just a beautiful hymn. So rich and so true. Thank you so much for bringing us this hymn for uh, a nice note to end our series on. Uh, Cara, we really appreciate it. And if you are listening and you have not signed up for our newsletter yet what what on earth are you waiting for where are you playing at? come on come on himpartial.com sign up it's free you don't have to pay for it it's for bonus stuff as well exactly. so it's not just free it's like all this extra goodness exactly and if you're feeling super extra generous you could do something that's not free but is a blessing to us which is Become a Kofi member, buy us a cup of coffee one time or once a month. We have really cool tiers over there. We've had some very generous um, giftings over the last few months. And we just want to thank you guys out there who are supporting us financially. It really does help. It helps us keep the lights on. It helps the mics stay fresh. It keeps the guests coming. All of that good stuff. It means so, we don't turn up in rags. Exactly. Or maybe. Uh, <laughs> well, those of you who are listening wouldn't know anyway. Yeah. But those of you who are watching, don't tell. Um, (laughs) Until the next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Bye. Bye.